from Trojans Wire, part of the College Wire Network at USA Today. This is the Trojans Wired Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Zemick and Ian Hest. Welcome to the latest episode of Trojans Wired, the podcast, which is an in-house production of the website Trojans Wire, part of the College Wire Network. We move on to episode three of our 12-part summer spectacular, The Riley Files, uh, a deep dive into the career of Lincoln Riley. And our guest, our Oklahoma insider guiding us through this special series, Keegan Renault. He's back for our third episode. And th- the topic for this particular installment of our series is player development and quarterback development. So you know, lots of Baker Mayfield going through Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler, and then, of course, Caleb Williams, who played last year at Oklahoma, going to play this year at USC. So, Keegan, just your overview of how Lincoln Riley developed offensive talent at Oklahoma and within that uh, quarterback development in particular. And obviously, you know, we'll peel away the layers of the onion as we go forward with this conversation. But just give me the broad overview as you see it. Yeah, I think the most important thing is that every quarterback outside of the last three, right, Jalen Hurts, um, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams, you know, I, th- I think whenever you look at just the quarterback play in general, like Kyler Murray, you know, between game one and game 12, just got, he just grew and grew and grew. Baker Mayfield, after the Ohio State game, really turned into a Heisman winning quarterback and Lincoln Riley and, you know, gave Baker the key, you know, the keys to the car that he gave every, the whole playbook, everything. Um, and it was, it was obviously super fun to watch in 19, 20 and 21. I, I, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Um, how much does the COVID year impact it? Right. Baker Mayfield had what three years with two years or sorry, 18, 19, 20 games of experience before he took off as the quarterback. Kyler Murray had two years of practice as well as that final year in 2018, Jalen hurts, you know, didn't have the time that those guys had. Uh, Spencer Rattler came in. He didn't. He wasn't there for spring football in 2019. So the 2019 fall camp was his first fall camp. 2020 spring football canceled. 2020 COVID fall camp, which is again not the kind of development that you typically see. Uh, so Spencer Rattler really only had one spring at Oklahoma. And you look at the amount of games, it just never came together for him. And then Caleb Williams too, right? I, I think it's such a I know we're going to talk about Caleb more, you know, I don't want to get too off on a tangent here, but it's so interesting because the the signs were there, those first three games, four games, that even though he was on fire, that whenever he played honestly competent defenses, that they were going to close those windows and they were those windows that he, that will be open. were going to be closing really, really fast. And I think it finally caught up to Caleb, but you shouldn't expect a guy nine months on campus to be able to be, uh, you know, preparing for that. So, you, you know, it's, it's up in the air. Like I think a lot of people would look at it on paper would say that the quarterback specifically quarterback play didn't develop the way that they needed it to on um, those final three years, but it's more incomplete, right, Matt? I think if you hear what I'm saying more incomplete than it is kind of a sure thing that 
quarterbacks that weren't at Oklahoma at the time. Um, Baker and, and Kyler obviously were there the entire time Lincoln was there. Jalen was not, Spitzer was not, Caleb was not, um, that those guys necessarily didn't have the proper time to develop into the system. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I think it's more of an incomplete data point um, than kind of the other things that I'm sure we're about to talk about. So, yeah, let's let's jump off from that particular observation. Uh, you know, if Riley had another year with Jalen Hurts or 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 with Spencer Rattler, you know, do you think that that would have how, how do you think that would have uh, affected their respective trajectories? Because, you know, looking back at 2019 in particular of Jalen Hurts, um, you know, that offense looked pretty creaky for periods of time. Uh, and of course, you know, Jalen Hurts came from Alabama where, you know, he did rescue Tua Tagovailoa in that year's SEC championship game against Georgia. And of course, you know, played, a, played, a, a, played well in the 2016 national title game against Clemson. So some people would say quite reasonably that, hey, Jalen Hurts had all the coaching and experience in the world entering that 2019 season at Oklahoma so some, so you, one could certainly say critically of Lincoln Riley, well, hey, you had this guy who was very experienced already. Why wasn't that uh, tandem able to you know, pr- produce better uh, for the Sooners? Well, how would you address that particular question? I think if you would have saw Jalen Hurts at 2020 in Oklahoma, that team would have been – that offense would have been really, really fun. Uh, I know, we're, again, something that we're probably going to talk about throughout this series – but that 2019 offense after Kansas State, Matt, which, again, you're talking about creaky. Yeah, that offense was very hit or miss for the first seven, eight, nine weeks. They were kind of making Jalen Hurts be a quarterback. He wasn't. But I also think that that was some feel, right? I think that Lincoln Riley needed to have confirmation that Jalen wasn't capable of the things that Kyler and Baker were. And he got that in Manhattan that day. And after that, he really just took the playbook away from Jalen and inserted a new one. And they just took off. I mean, one of the best running this, you know, those four or five weeks with Candy Brooks and Jalen Hurts as good of in terms of running the football at Oklahoma and, and Trey Sermon in that group as good running the football. Uh, maybe Trey Sermon wasn't around, but as good at running the football as we've seen from an Oklahoma team ever. And they were so efficient running the football. And I think that and, and including the quarterback run game, I believe Jalen Hurts has like, if you go back or I think this is right. I think he has the most rushing touchdowns in rushing yards by a quarterback. I want to say this, and I need to – I will look this up after I'm done with answering this, but I believe he has the most by a quarterback in Oklahoma history, and you're talking about wishbone offenses. It's touchdowns or yards, you know, wishbone offenses that were around in the 70s and 80s. Jalen Hurts outdid that on the ground, and it's it's crazy. It's insane. So I think that 2020 offense would have been very good. With that, with that, Does that mean Jalen Hurts would have been more prepared to be an NFL quarterback? No. Um, but would it have been an offense that's super fun for us to sit here and talk about? Yeah, it, it would have. And then you look at Spencer again. I think the the timeline with Spencer just wasn't right. He didn't, you know, they didn't expect Kyler Murray to not be at Oklahoma for two years. Okay, Kyler Murray's gone. Can Spencer Rattler be an early enrollee? Uh, his high school didn't allow him to do that, so he couldn't be an early enrollee and get into the spring of 2019. 2019 rolls around, Jalen obviously stayed healthy for the most part um, throughout that season. 2020 spring practice is canceled. 2020 COVID fall, 2020 season. So 2021 was his first spring. I do think if 
if things were different and Lincoln Riley was back at Oklahoma this year and he stuck by Spencer's side, one, I think if he stuck by Spencer's side and gave him the full trust and all that, I don't know what it would have looked like. Spencer may have thrown 15 interceptions, but he damn may have thrown 40 touchdowns as well last year. Um, I do think things look differently. I think we think of Spencer Rattler a little bit differently. I, yeah, I think the timeline specifically um, just wasn't right for Spencer at the time. And that's, you know, that happens. That's, that's life. So what can we look at in terms of the, the various quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley's worked with at Oklahoma? What can, what, what do you pinpoint and say, all right, we had this skill set, we had, you know, this, this uh, collection of talent, and here's something that Lincoln Riley conclusively clearly failed to develop uh, with one of these quarterbacks. It can be any, it could be any of them, Keegan, what, what is like an example that, that stands out in your mind? Now, keeping in mind what you've just said that, you know, the timeline of Spencer Rattler didn't quite fit, uh, you know, he needed to see what Jalen Hurts could do. But like, what's something that you identify as, you know, this really should have been developed better than it actually was? Yeah, I I think the the, the mental stuff with Spencer in 21, like, I think that that's probably the thing that sticks out the most to me. It just, he made the same mistakes in 20 that he made in 21. And usually that's not what we, that was not the case. And so like, to me, what does that say? Did you know, in terms of kind of mentoring Spencer Rattler um, and equipping him with everything that he needed to be successful. And maybe it was a little bit different coaching. Uh, He was very hands-off with Spencer the same way he was with Baker and Kyler. And so maybe he needed to be a little more hands-on in terms of the mentoring and kind of the person that Spencer Rattler was. I think that's probably the thing for me that I would necessarily identify. It was it was just weird. Like Spencer was Rattler was just making the same mistakes that he made uh, that he made in 2020. Um, And that just was not something that we saw an Oklahoma quarterback do specifically uh, Baker and Kyler. And so that to me is in terms of like, if I'm going to look at something that really does kind of, you know, maybe some red flags in my head, it would be that. But that's also, so to say, I guess something else that we're going to talk about, Matt, is kind of where was Lincoln Riley at at the time in his life um, and kind of where was he at in his commitment to making Spencer Rattler be the best quarterback he could be those final really three or four months. Yeah, we're going to tackle that particular topic in a future installments of this series on the Riley Files. We've obviously entered the Spencer Rattler portion of the chat here. And so in terms of following up with Spencer Rattler in particular, I obviously have to ask you, you know, Shane Beamer used to work at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. And so now he get he gets Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. So in terms of, you know, being able to understand and evaluate the extent to which Lincoln Riley failed to develop Spencer Rattler, what are you going to be looking at in Columbia in terms of how Shane Beamer and his staff work with Spencer Rattler as a Gamecock? Uh, just how he carries himself. Um, you know, the only person holding Spencer Rattler back, I think at this point is him. Uh, and that's hard to put on a 20, 21 year old, right? A guy that's just been handed a million plus dollars to live a completely different lifestyle than he was living before. And, you know, I think a lot of that, it's hard for 20, 21 year olds to kind of focus on the things that they need to focus when, you know, they have all this outside noise and all this other things. And, you know, I think, 
you know, Spencer is definitely one of those guys that I think needed to have that sit down with Lincoln and just say, Hey, you need to, you need to grow up a little bit. And so I think that that's what I'm looking for in Spencer at South Carolina, but Matt, it's certainly been interesting. There's been some bombs thrown across the aisles, uh, across the aisle from South Carolina and then, uh, down there, uh, in South Carolina with Shane Beamer, but over at USC and Lincoln Riley. I, I think it's interesting. I, I don't think it's something that we should just kind of ignore. Well, let's not ignore it then. So what, what, uh, what has stuck out to you about uh, Shane Beamer and how, how he's uh, building the South Carolina program? I and mean, he's certainly vastly overachieved. Like what does his, uh, success and his journey at South Carolina say, if, if, it, if anything at all, about uh, things that Lincoln Riley didn't uh, cultivate as well as at Oklahoma as he should have. Yeah, I, again, I'm more focusing on here specifically the, the comment that Shane Beamer made about how they have, in terms of NFL terminology and NFL development, that it'll be better for Spencer Rattler. Like, that is a very bold claim um, to make. And that's not because like when you look at Baker and Kyler struggling in the NFL at times, like, yeah, I think that Lincoln covered some holes for those guys, but every good offensive coordinator and good coach does that. Right. And so I just, I think that's certainly interesting when you look at how Shane Beamer is running his program. One, I think the social outreach and the commitment to being very family like driven out on the internet and for people to see, I think that that is very Lincoln Riley esque um, from Shane Beamer, but I don't think that that's something that Shane Beamer was not going to do anyways. Right. I just, I do think that that, you know, him seeing that work and the way it did at Oklahoma gave him some confidence to also use that kind of same template for him at South Carolina. But again, I just think it's, it's so interesting with the comments Spencer Rattler has made um, to the comments that, uh, Shane Beamer made it's it's all very interesting just from the idea of okay so what what were these guys' true opinions right like what what what, what did these guys really think uh before b- before everything went down with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma and USC so I think it's interesting I I don't think it's something that we should necessarily ignore um but again that is also you know, I've made the comment about Spencer and his comments that he's, he has made uh, in that Chris Lowe you know, profile of Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. Um, you know, I think you've got to, if you're Spencer, you've got to own up to some of the problems he had at Oklahoma. So this leads me to a broader question. And you study the NFL draft as part of your many different uh, sure. uh, media commitments and, and uh, the, the things that you do professionally. So my, my question to you is, you know, is there a way in modern college football with, you know, the, the, the sophistication of passing offenses and, and, and also the diversity of schemes that you see, is there a way to coach the quarterback position such that you don't just get big college numbers and big college results, but you also get NFL readiness? I mean, you know, is there like a, a way to do that, which applies broadly to the profession, broadly to the craft of teaching the quarterback position, or is it really more about, as you've kind of alluded to, you know, it's about the individual quarterback needing to be able to just see and understand and process the game, carry himself in a professional way. What is there like a, 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 a prevailing answer, which emerges consistently in terms of what you study 
uh, about, you know, how coaches prepare quarterbacks uh, for the NFL, or is it really much more about individual players in individual situations and just being able to handle pressure? How, how do you fall? That's, where do you fall on, on that particular uh, question? Yeah, that's a re- one. It's a really, really good question. I think like Oklahoma, right? So Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal and, and immediately Oklahoma hires Jeff Levy, right? And you, obviously everybody knows Jeff Levy. He uh, married into the Bryles family. He he coaches like he coaches. He he's from the Bryles tree. The offense is very RPO heavy, very screen heavy. Uh, beer and shoot is kind of the general name of it, and that's not necessarily driven uh, for NFL quarterback development. And I think you saw Matt Corral. You know, just he wasn't, and the wide receivers were injured. Right, I think that was another thing that has been said. But the offense, it really felt like Jeff Lebby took you know, the reins away from Matt Corral last year, which is why he ran as much as he did. And maybe even it's because the defenses they played had some answers in the past game to take away some of those concepts that they've been running since our Bryles got back to Baylor in the late 2000s, early 2010s. So um, I look at like that, that's the stuff for me that sticks out, right? Caleb Williams entered the portal and I immediately knew that they're a very smart family. They do their research. Like it was probably wise for them to maybe look elsewhere. And I even had, I shared that same opinion in my, my own professional opinion, Matt, as I'm trying to be as, uh, as, as, uh, as cryptic as I can. So it's, uh, that's part, that's the part of it that is so interesting and, and kind of how that plays with Lincoln. Like I, I mean, Kyler Murray had issues throwing over the middle of the field at Oklahoma. Like that's and so what, what did Lincoln Riley do? He just threw it deeper over the middle of the field at Oklahoma and he threw it deeper on the outer thirds and really those long throws to the outside. Was that best for Kyler Murray's development as an NFL quarterback? Yes and no, right? It was, it it allowed him to showcase how talented he was. Did Kyler get better at his weaknesses in that one year at Oklahoma? I, I, I think we're starting to see, we're seeing that play out in the NFL a little bit, but again, I, I don't know how much that necessarily matters Right. Because, Matt, as you know, quarterbacks come from way different areas of the world. I mean, Carson Wentz is from North Dakota State. Uh, Josh Allen went to Wyoming. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, Aaron Rodgers from Cal. Again, you go to almost every starting quarterback, either they were some no name guy or, um, you know, they were really high drafted. And even those guys can be from colleges that aren't necessarily the most known around the country. So, it's it's certainly an interesting conversation. I think that there are some systems, Matt, that I immediately will have a bias against um, in terms of NFL development. But Lincoln Riley's is not one of them at all. Um, and I think you're going to see that play out at USC during his time. So final question for this episode of our uh, series on the Riley Files, Keegan, and that is everything that you've seen with Baker, with Kyler, with Jalen, with Spencer Rattler, what does it mean for Lincoln Riley and his evolving relationship with Caleb Williams going from Oklahoma to USC? What are you most interested in for this 2022 season? What are the like the main talking points, pressure points that you identify in this relationship? What needs to happen from both sides in order for this marriage to really work out at USC? Yeah, this is his most talented wide receiver room that he's had since 2018. Uh, I think that early on in the spring game, you saw some things from that offense where you've got Mario Williams kind of being the X receiver, the outside receiver, which uh, traditionally is usually a a bigger bodied guy. And so I certainly think that that's 
very interesting and a, a different. He did it at Oklahoma. Mario Williams was the X um, at times, but it, he didn't necessarily just go ahead and do it. And it looks like he's doing that at, at USC. So with Caleb Williams, I think that Lincoln found out in year one that Caleb has all the talent in the world, that he has all the confidence in the world, and that there are some little things with the game in terms of having trust in the system and trusting the play and doing those things that Caleb, you could tell late in the season that he just didn't have that full faith in the play that was going on. And so it it looked like at times, right, the play's breaking down when it's really not. And so at USC in this first year, you can see a little bit in the spring game, it looks like Lincoln is going to take that away from him, which is kind of similar to what he did with Baker in 2015, where you had Sterling Shepard and Deron Neal, and Lincoln just absolutely, oh man, what's the right word to use here? I was going to, I guess the only word to use is he, he absolutely abused that matchup with Sterling Shepard against, against his opponent. And so I think we're going to see that at USC under Lincoln Riley. And I think that that should maximize Caleb Williams abilities, Matt, because he, there's not a lot post-snap that he's going to have to read and dissect. He's going to have a pre-snap matchup. He's going to attack that matchup. That's what he wanted to do at Oklahoma last year. And I think Lincoln Riley is looking to maximize that. What I'm looking forward to most is to see how Caleb, how much Caleb Williams trusts that system. And if he does, Caleb Williams is going to be a scary, scary, scary figure in college football for the next two seasons. Um, and again, you can talk about the run, his, his athletic ability that it's all fine and dandy when, you know, USC these first couple of years, that defense is going to be certainly very uh, interesting and under the microscope because that offense, I think, Matt, is going to have to put up 50, 60 points a game for them to keep up and, and win a lot of games. They're certainly capable of that. And I think that doing what I just said in terms of sort of taking that post-snap, having to dissect the defense away from Caleb a little bit um, is going to really enhance his, his numbers and his ability to make big plays. That's episode three of the Riley Files, our deep dive into the career of Lincoln Riley with our Oklahoma insider, Keegan Renault. In episode four, coming up next in our series, we look at how the Big 12, for better or for worse, has shaped Lincoln Riley as a coach, how it has magnified his strengths and exposed his weaknesses. That's next in the fourth episode of the Riley Files. This has been episode three. We continue with Keegan Renault in our next episode. Stay tuned for more on the Riley Files here at Trojans Wire.